fundamentally the biggest gap in nutrition out there in the kind of in the in the world in the industry is is long-term sustainability mm. every program out there will preach drop 20 pounds get shredded quick and even the you know the kind of the more moderate sensible ones they only they only care while you're losing the weight once you've lost the weight you've got your before and after they're like great you're done off you go for me the, the, the weight loss is the easy part. Everyone's lost weight. Everyone's dropped carbs or done an exercise boot camp or something and dropped the weight. Very few people sustain it. So from the start, from the first call, I'm integrating long-term sustainability. And I kind of really encourage people to stay on after they hit the goal to, to the, the initial process is the weight loss. The second process is learning how to live life again with your new mm. weight, establishing the new normal. And once you've done those two sections separately, then you're free to go and I never want to see you again. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Than Yesterday. Welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring and successful people about their heart and their mind. Today is episode 103 with Dr. Emil Goliath. I have a great conversation with Emil. I love his ethos. I love what he represents, doing amazing things in the uh, nutritional coaching world. And um, yeah, I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. These interview sessions are brought to you by our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. And before we dive into episode 103, if you are looking for a like-minded, like-hearted community where you can come and, and grow as a leader in your heart and your mind, pause right now, head to Facebook and check out We Are Always Better Than Yesterday. Um, you will be made most welcome. The only thing we require of you is to be yourself. Anyway, episode 103, Dr. Emil Goliath, um, great conversation. Hope it inspires you in some way. I'd love to know the one thing that you're going to do as a result of this conversation. Write it down and be sure to email me at ryanbhartley at gmail.com. Enjoy, guys. Much love. Welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. And we have a doctor in the house. How are you, my friend? Good to have you here. Hello, thank you for having me. Looking forward to uh, to chatting. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and and how you show up in the world at the moment. Awesome, yeah. So I am I am a doctor, a medical doctor. I graduated in two thousand eleven. Worked for about four years full time on the kind of NHS conveyor belt before I realised this wasn't what I wanted to do with my life uh, for various reasons. Mm -hmm. The system wasn't doing what I wanted for patients. It wasn't doing what I wanted for me. So I left, uh, started working as a health and nutrition coach. And then over the last five years, I've been slowly transitioning. I, I was doing a little bit of medicine on the side. And last year I gave it up entirely to go full-time nutrition coaching, various other entrepreneurial ventures while traveling the world and you know, living life essentially, which was exactly what I intended to do. So it turned out yeah. pretty well. I love that. There's a whole story and amongst that little story. And I just love to know, you know, some of the, um, some of the entrepreneurial stuff, like what gave you the courage to kind of pursue some of that stuff? So initially it was definitely 
I knew what I didn't want as opposed to what I definitely wanted. I knew I wanted to be out of working full time, being told what mm. to do. Uh, but to be honest, not being able to train at 2 p.m. It's like my prime time to go to the gym. <laughs> so I was like getting frustrated. Um, so I knew I didn't want that. So I left and to be then to be fair, I didn't do the whole burn the bridges, leave the job, have to succeed within a set period or, or kind of go back. I, as I said, I worked as a locum doctor for, I mean, literally until last year. So that was always a, a fallback for me. That was always regular income. I never had to worry. I was never spending crazy amounts. I didn't have loads of out, uh, outgoings. So in that regard, I had the safety net. And then over time, my, build, my business built up. And thankfully so, because I failed at so many things. And it took a long time to, to get going. But then once it caught, COVID accelerated the situation, to be honest. And it was just like, right, it's, it's make or break now. I need to make a decision. So I did. And, and you know, it's been, it's been freaking awesome. But I don't want it to be like overnight success. You yeah, know, 100%. Changed my life overnight. No, no, it's been five years. Yeah. Why did you pursue being a doctor in the first place? (laughs) Um, So at 16, my dad said, you should be a doctor. And I said, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I like like science. I was good at passing exams. I like people helping people. So it was a no brainer as a 16 year old. My dad's a doctor, lots of doctors in my family. It seemed like an easy option. So, I mean, it's not the most honorable reason, but I think surprisingly common, to be honest. Mm. What has becoming a doctor given you? So a lot of people, interestingly, ask me, do you regret wasting all that time, Mm -hmm. you know, six years in university, um, four, five, six years working as a doctor, whatever it, it was in total. And I don't regret it in the slightest. It's given me so, so much. And to be perfectly honest, during university, I was doing the standard university stuff, you know, drinking, mm-hmm. uh, doing whatever. So the fact that I picked up a medical degree during that time is, is awesome. Um, and it's also, I mean, in terms of my nutrition coaching and health coaching, it gives me a load of authority. So it works really well in that regard. But beyond that, I mean, that's superficial. Beyond that, the, the people skills the the communicating and empathizing and interacting and building rapport with with other human beings has come entirely from medicine you know you can learn how to do it from books and stuff but spending you know years talking to patients interacting with patients about you know life and death literally just takes it to the next level and i can see that in my coaching so i'm eternally grateful for that opportunity and and you know that's been that's been life-changing for me for sure. Yeah. You, you talked about travel entrepreneurial and um, I just, it sounds great. sounds, you know, but I know that with anything like that comes sacrifice and I'd just love to know, you know, some of the sacrifices that you've had to make along the way. Yeah. So the travel started in, in 2018. Um, I started traveling. I, I, did, I think I was out of the country every single month for the whole year. It was one of my goals for 2018. Some of them were short trips. Some of them were like, were longer, further afield. Mm. But um, so that was when it started. And then from, you know, 2018, end of 2018, 2019, it was kind of six to eight months away in Southeast Asia, Bali, Thailand, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which was, you know, again, life-changing, absolutely amazing. But it's, I mean, 
it's a choice, right? It's a different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, you can either have a home set up, friends and family around, a dog, and that kind of thing, or you can live out of a backpack. You've been looking you know, at my profile. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or the, there's the other extreme. You can, you know, live out of a backpack. You could, the internet mm -hmm. could be dodgy. You know, you could lose your passport, and then you're having to deal with with crap in a different country. So choices, right? It's in cho choices entirely, and actually, since COVID we've been grounded you know we got back from malaysia in may as soon as the initial lockdowns finished and we live in lisbon and actually it's been bliss being in lisbon for i don't know how long it's been now four or five months and you know we've bought a tv and i have a i have a monitor now and and these are things which are really really nice so it's choice and you know sacrifices is also a choice so i don't know is it sacrifice or is it you're choosing something better I don't know. I, yeah. It doesn't feel like a sacrifice to me. It just feels like a choice. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You left a stable, well-paid profession. There are a number of people that will be listening that to that now in similar situations. Um, how difficult was it for you to, to leave? It was. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, easy to leave because when i started it was easy to get back in and i engineered it in such a way that you know i was doing a gap year from being a full-time doctor and i still worked in in mm. a and e mm. as, a, as a locum so i was still in the game and i could at any point pretty much have gone back in and said okay i i, I you know retreat with my tail between my legs but mm -hmm. you know as time progressed and everything else started to get established i gained more and more confidence and it became easier to not go back. And then 2018 was a tipping point where I had almost maximum freedom in medicine. I was doing literally what I wanted to, being paid very well to do it. And at that point I had to make the decision whether I wanted to you know, continue along my path and become a full, fully fledged entrepreneur and a fully not a doctor or stay in this super comfy middle ground where I was picking what I wanted to, training at 2 p.m being paid really well, traveling a load. And, and that was probably the more difficult decision being like, okay, I'm comfortable now, but I know there's better things in the future. And that's actually what I want. So I think, you know, this is a cliche quote, but comfort is kind of the killer of dreams. You know, it's very easy to kind of say, oh, actually, this is okay. I don't want to risk this. But so yeah, that was the more difficult decision. And, and to be honest, the risk paid off a million times over. And this is only just the beginning. So I mean, yeah yeah i love that what's at the heart and the mind of your nutrition coaching what is your mantra what is your framework what what do you work with yeah so fundamentally the biggest gap in nutrition out there in the kind of in the in the world in the industry is is long-term sustainability mm. every program out there will preach drop 20 pounds get shredded quick and even the you know the kind of the more moderate sensible ones they only they only care while you're losing the weight once mm. you've lost the weight you've got your before and after they're like great you're done off you go whereas for me the the, the, the weight loss is the easy part everyone's lost weight everyone's dropped carbs or you know done a exercise boot camp or something and dropped the weight very few people sustain it so from the start from the first call i'm integrating long-term sustainability and i kind of really encourage people to stay on after they hit the goal to, to 
the, the, the initial process is the weight loss. The second process is learning how to live life again with your new mm. weights, establishing mm. the new normal. And once you've done those two sections separately, then you're free to go. And I never want to see you again, right? <laughs> so it's the before, it's the after, and then it's the after, after. And once you've completed that, literally we're done. But that's what a lot of people, because it's not sexy, it's boring. It's like, mm. let's learn how to just not change our weight, just be normal. And it's like, no, no, this is the absolutely fundamental part, long-term sustainability. And a lot of people preach it. They say, yeah, you need, it needs to be sustainable but very few people actually integrate it actively into the process and make it yeah. a fundamental part of what they do. Mm, what are some of the core foundational habits you help people build? I mean, so it, it's all based ultimately on nutrition and exercise. Those are the big you know, mm. foundations of the pyramid. There's, there's stress control and sleep and all these other things. They're a bit mm. more hard to implement consistently. So nutrition and exercise are, are the most important things. And with, with nutrition, you need to learn about the food you're eating and how it has an effect on your body. So, you know, just being more present and being more aware of what you're eating is one step. Anything is, is allowed. Nothing is off bounds. But if you're eating a pizza because you enjoy pizza, then make sure you sit down and enjoy the pizza. Make sure you're not, you know, on Facebook on, you know, while you're just smashing a whole pizza, like sit down, enjoy it. And then when you're full stop, if that's two slices, great. If that's the whole pizza, great. But make sure you're enjoying every bite. Mm. And then with exercise, you don't need to do anything particular, but you do need to move. As humans, we're built to move. When we don't move, we, we get ill, we get, we become, you know, we get pain. It's not good for us. So you need to move in some shape or form, whether that's walking, swimming, training in the gym, Zumba, whatever the hell, <laughs> you need to do something. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of two core principles. And then mm. you can, you can go to the moon and back beyond that in terms of optimization and, and whatever else. But these are the two fundamentals. Love that. What's your perspective on healthy body, healthy mind? They are entirely interrelated. Um, I mean, you know, even on a very kind of ob uh, superficial sense, when you're stressed, you start to look worse. You start to make mm -hmm. poorer food choices. Your sleep gets interrupted and that's all mental. I mean, stress is perception entirely. What someone finds stressful, someone else might not even bat an eyelid at. So that's 100% mental having a significant effect on your body. So you have to work on them together. Now I take the other approach because telling someone to be less stressed or reduce stress <laughs> is very, very difficult. So by changing practical real world things like eating better, like exercising, like going to bed earlier, you will improve how you perceive and uh, modulate stress. So that's the direction I go because it's easier to implement. But there's always this kind of undercurrent of, look, you need to look after the stress, controlling stress, and actually your perception of the world is a top priority. Because mm. if you don't, even if you've got a six pack and you know <laughs> can bench press 400 pounds, it won't make you happy. It won't make you content. It won't reduce stress in life. So you need to work mm. on both. What stresses you out? <laughs> when I can't train at 2 p.m. Yeah. Um, and actually, I've spent the last two, two and a half years, so maybe not stressed, but I definitely don't like winter. I definitely, mm. it really, really upsets me, especially in the UK where it just mm. is gray and mm. wet. So hence, we've been kind of avoiding it. And now we're actually having to spend the winter in Europe, which... I mean, it's Lisbon. It's not too bad. But today, for example, it's raining and it's like the first time it's rained since we arrived. So mm -hmm. um, that, that's, a bit, that's a bit depressing. In terms of real stress, 
I mean, I'm, I'm such a big believer that stress is a, it's, it's internal. It's, it's a kind of a projection of, of, you know, your perception of things. So you can really, really moderate it massively. And when you're stressed, it's something that you're creating. So you can, you can kind of work it out. So I don't know that, I mean, things stress me out when business is going crazy, that, that's stressful, but mm, mm. you know, things which are kind of more kind of common and, and underlying, I def, I definitely prioritize working on them to remove them entirely because stress is, or stress can be a, a negative in life in general. Yeah. I, I think I remember uh, a Jose Mourinho quote saying that stress is uh, young children in Africa trying to feed themselves. There is no stress in football. And I think, and I, and I think that that's just a huge tip of the hat to what you said around the mental regulate, you know, regulation of, of the way that yeah. you process things. I mean, as an example, you know, working in A&E, we're dealing with cardiac arrests, we're dealing with car crashes yeah. and to be perfectly honest, I didn't find that stressful. That, that mm-hmm. put me into flow state and we just got it done. And when you're dealing with stuff like that, how can you get stressed about waiting in a queue or, you know, like pointless life things? It's truly like perspective, right? So mm. yes, I mean, things get stressful, but also that stress for me is totally self, like I choose to grow my business rapidly. That causes stress. Is it a bad stress or is it a positive <laughs> stress that I'm putting on myself to help me grow and improve? So again, yes, it's stress, but I could choose not to do it. So yeah, I mean, as you say, your, your quote sums it up perfectly. You've really made me think about, because um, uh, when I first joined the police back in 2008, I was a, I was a 999 call handler and, a, and a, an emergency dispatcher. And you're right, when, when it hits the fan, it's almost just like you're in the mate, like you just plugged in and I'd, I'd have to listen to three or four different radio channels and would know where all the, you're right. There was this sense of flow state. I just love to know what are some of the things that, you know, the ER room has um, really kind of transcended the workplace for you and that you've taken with you. So I loved working in, in A&E um, and I worked almost exclusively night shifts because there was less, bureaucracy less politics it was just (laughs) you know four doctors and you know the nursing team and the world everyone we all started at kind of in the evening we all finished in the morning it was one shift one team Mm. it was really really nice I mean obviously horrible for your health sleeping at in the day and stuff but it was it was it was awesome and I really enjoyed it I didn't like the system which is why I left but the actual work was was super interesting um I mean these all these are all like cliche things but like it was like a family you know mm-hmm. a, a hell of a lot about leadership a hell of a lot about you know managing humans managing people um managing stress i mean that that time in in a and e i don't regret it yeah i didn't regret it in the slightest it was i mean it made me like truly who i am who is that sorry who is that who is who is what sorry you said made you who you truly are. And I, so I said, oh, who is that? I only yeah. do deep questions. I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a deep question for 10 30 in the morning. Yeah. Um, who is that? I don't even know how to describe that. Who am I? That's, that's a bit of a, a very simple, but also very, very deep question. Mm. 
I have to come back to that. I don't know how to answer yeah, that right now. Yeah, I like that. I like that reaction. So you said earlier that six packs don't make you happy, but you have a six pack. So what makes you happy? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know what? The beauty is, you know, I've, I've done the six pack thing and I was like, okay, that was great. That was fun. But I also used to be 142 kilos, like 320 pounds or something. Mm. I was honestly equally happy then, like morbidly obese, but equally happy. So I've had both ends and I was like, okay, well, this isn't the fundamental key to happiness. And you know what? Like stress, happiness is, is entirely within, like in the purest form, you could mm. sit in a, you know, on a mountaintop and be happy. And this is kind of the whole monk kind of yep. Zen end of the spectrum. Um, and, you know, that's the, that's a nice theoretical pinnacle to have, but you can then also bring things in real life. And, and to me, things that make me happier, uh, being healthy and doing healthy things, exploring, having adventures. I recently got a one wheel uh, electric skateboard thing. It yeah. makes me very, very happy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome bit of kit. And then apart from that freedom and growth, mm. you know, those are my kind of three core values. And I, I aim to follow those every day. So when I'm learning something new, um, mm. when I'm building something, when I'm free to do what I want, I'm content. I'm in a very happy place. Uh, so, you know, my life is, is that at the moment because, and that, that, this, that's what I tried to build was the freedom to pursue these things that make me happy. So your business is a lot about helping others with their growth. Like what do you do for yourself, for your own growth? Um, so yeah, I mean, growth, as I said, is one of my absolute core values. So I'm constantly learning new things and I'm having to learn new things for the business because I'm not naturally a business person or entrepreneur. Mm. I'm a scientist. <laughs> I'm a doctor. I'm a, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm, I'm rapidly learning about sales, marketing, yeah. um, operations, all this kind of stuff. Super, super interesting. But then I also really like learning about different topics that aren't related in the slightest crypto programming, Portuguese, um, you know, things that are learning almost for the sake of learning about them. Um, I love, love, love reading books. I did, I read 104 books last year as a kind of wow. stupid challenge. Yeah. Two a week. I don't recommend <laughs> it. But it was it was like literally mind blowing. It was it was awesome. And then meeting interesting and new people. And that was one of the reasons I started traveling because I was like, why should I be limited to kind of the people in my geography? Like, why don't I go and find cool people to hang out with? Because, you know, there's that cheesy quote about, you know, you're the uh, average of the five people you spend most time yeah. with. So I was like, right, let's hack that. Let, let's yeah. go travel around the world, find these people and just hang out with them all the time. Mm -hmm. and, you know, as cheesy as it is, like it appears to have worked really, really well. A along with that, if you read a book a week, then you're like the top CEOs or whatever crap. Again, it won't guarantee success, but sure. if you do it, it's kind of, it's kind of useful and helpful and, and beneficial. Mm. I love the intention behind your decisions and your actions and assuming that our listeners aren't going to sit there and, and listen to two books a week like if you could narrow that list of 104 down to your top three could you do that Ooh, that's really interesting so uh definitely one of the top books essentialism by uh, greg McEwen. um it, it kind of talks about simplifying life and actually that is one of the keys to life you know our issue is not having not enough stuff and needing more stuff our, our issue is actually cutting out the crap and, you know, I say this to clients as well. Your issue probably isn't not enough knowledge. It's just getting rid of all the excess that you just don't need, all the noise, and just focus in on the two things that you need to do every day. Do those, mm. you'll get to your goal. 
So essentialism for sure. Um, there's Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is, I mean, it's kind of like the Bible of, of self-personal uh, development. It talks about the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. And even if you think you've got a growth mindset, you may not in different areas of life. So definitely, definitely worthwhile. Um, and then a third one, I mean, this is a book I recommend to all my clients, Atomic Habits uh, by mm -hmm. James Clear. Yep. It's a classic. I mean, you know, I, I say so many things these days and, and you know, they've recently read it because I sent it to them and they say, oh, that's from Atomic Habits. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it is, but it's so like integrated into the way I live and think that it's just a part of my life. So yeah, those three books will, will change your life for sure. It's an amazing book and like hats off to James Clear because he wrote is essentially what it means to be always better than yesterday. Like he's written a book that I no longer need to write now. So fair play to him. But I would just love to know what does the phrase always better than yesterday mean to you? It's, it, I mean, it's literally exactly that. Do something new that helps you grow or improve every day and your life will improve. And you know, if you don't know what to do, then learn something new. Mm. Boom. Learn Portuguese. Boom. Read a new book. I mean, these are like the easiest things to do. You don't need to think, you don't need to plan. You don't need to like have mm. some strategy for, you know, 25 years. It's just like, read a book, see what happens, do a course, pick something on the internet. There's infinite things. So in the most fundamental sense, you know, doing something, getting better every day is life. If, if you're not doing that to me, you're not living life. And then in a very practical sense, just start learning stuff. Yeah. Love that. And I, I think the funny thing is the, that people will look and go, Oh, he's just read 104 books in a year and they'll see it as that's the activity. Whereas the nature of atomic habits is that they'll just burst up in the other areas of your life. So that discipline of focus and learning that you're applying to that one habit of simply reading a book, you know, two books a week, will have a ripple effect on, on the rest of your life, I imagine. Uh, hugely. And exactly that, you know, it's, you, it's, it's not necessarily the reading because it got to a point where I was reading yeah. for the sake of hitting a goal. So yeah. it was not the point of it, but it, but by doing that, you, you gain inspiration, you gain ideas, you've got this discipline, you've got this focus, you've got this organization to get that much time in to read. So everything mm -hmm. else, as you say, just gets better. And, yeah. I mean, please don't anyone read 104 books. I promise you it's pointless. Um, but starting a new book tomorrow, one of the three that I mentioned is, is a perfect place to go. 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day. Love that. I've brought you on as a guest today because I know that you will inspire my listeners, but who inspires you? That's a, that's a good question. Um, people have asked me before what, what, you know, who my heroes are and stuff. And mm -hmm. I don't, really have an individual person because people have so many different facets good and bad yep. and i think anyone who appears to be all good it's, you haven't got a true picture of them so yes i read a hell of a lot of autobiographies um mm -hmm. you know obviously part of the stupid reading thing um <laughs> so all these kind of crazy entrepreneurs uh jeff bezos elon musk um steve jobs i'm reading the netflix kind of origin story i read twitter recently all these people are you know amazing and they all inspire me so I, I really don't have a single person because i think that would you know not not do justice to the full picture but just reading these books and seeing what people kind of manage and, and overcome and so shoe dog um mm -hmm. phil king 
he, he, the stuff that he overcame in his journey to build Nike, like, wow. And, mm. and that aspect of him, you know, he inspires me to the next level, but he's not my, like, I don't have him on my wall. He's yeah, not my yeah. only person, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't have an individual, but all of these kind of big entrepreneur CEO guys, I, I, I love, I love that kind of stuff. And it goes hand in hand with what you said about hacking the average of the five people you surround yourself, surround yourself with, because people don't realize that that's what a book is. It's yeah. you're getting mentorship from yeah. these people without having the expensive interaction with them. And uh, that's really powerful. How can, how can our audience, how can our listeners and our viewers uh, connect with you, find out more about the work that you do? Yeah, for sure. So um, my website is dramil.com. Um, there's links to various things there. If you blog posts, stuff like that, but, uh, Instagram is project Goliath. Um, check me out on there. I am, I am active with stories and things. I don't have many posts, but I am there. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time out of your day coming in to join uh, with the always better than yesterday community. And I just love for you to leave us with a final thought from your good self. Oh, the pressure. <laughs> Oh man, this wasn't in the brief or maybe it was and I didn't read it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just begin, just start. Like you can get overwhelmed by, oh, I need to read 104 books. Oh, I need to leave my perfectly stable career. Oh, I need to, you know, achieve these crazy goals. I'm too afraid to even do anything. Just start, define the first step. And then during that first step, you can define the next step. And that's literally all you need to do. And that's what I say to my clients. And that's what, um, that, that, and again, cheesy quotes is like every journey starts with a single step or whatever. So yeah, that, that's definitely, definitely a starting point. My friend, I've loved the conversation. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you so much, man. Great to be on. There we go, episode 103 with Emil Goliath, Dr. Emil Goliath. Really enjoyed that conversation. Really love the values that he brings to his work, all about sustainability, that this stuff doesn't work because they're with him, but it's about long-term sustainability. That's something that I value massively with, with any coaching that I do, that people are better not when they're with me, but far beyond Uh, the time that we spend together so it's great to see that we have some shared values there Um, and another shared value is growth you know that's exactly what always better than yesterday represents so i'd love to know what really has has stood out from uh, that conversation with dr emil let us know email me at ryanbhartley at gmail.com share this with one person who you think would be really inspired and motivated by what uh, emil has shared and i'll see you again very soon Much love, guys.